Father God, we thank you mightily for this day. Thank you for blessing us to see another day in you. Now, Lord, as we partake of the study of your word, studying to show ourselves approved unto you, I pray that the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that we seek by studying your word, you will grant by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Open the minds, the heart, the eyes of understanding, Lord, that we may be doers of the word and not hearers only. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Everybody, I thank you for uh, being patient, waiting on this lesson here. We've had two. Glory to God. And um, and we're getting to know the gifts of the Spirit the, because that goes with getting to know the Holy Spirit. We know his gifts and how they recognize how they work. So last week we studied the gifts of uh, revelation. The gifts of revelation, the revelatory gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and uh, discerning of spirits. And also prophecy is twixt and between. Prophecy is uh, is one of the inspiration gifts slash revelatory gifts because it deals with revelation. Even though they have it under inspiration, it works both ways. So anyway, we're going to study uh Last week, we were studying speaking in tongues. This week, we studied the interpretation of tongues. I look into what Paul said about it and why he said it. There's a reason, you know, for everything. And a lot of times, it does do very good. Uh, well, not a lot of times, all the time. It's best to uh, understand why a person says something, not just, quote, what was said it. Uh, to your benefit, but to know why they said it. For instance, the scripture over in, uh, I think it's in First Timothy, where he said, drink a little wine for the stomach, you know, for your stomachs, for your often infirmities, Paul told Timothy. Well, we hear everybody say the Bible said, drink wine. Paul told Timothy, drink wine. But why did he say, drink a little wine for your stomach's sake? Why did he say that? Right before he said it, the reason was there. He told him, drink no more water. Drink no more water. Why? Something was wrong with the water. They didn't have purifying systems in those days. So a lot of times the water contained bacteria that could upset the stomach or more alkaline. Uh, they could upset the stomach or whatever was going on. But just by him saying drink no more water gives a great clue as to why he said drink a little wine. And then he told the reason for it. So the reason a lot of people say and a lot of churches teach that tongues are passed once the church was set up, that that's a bunch of foolishness. Uh, sometimes I believe they're teaching in error, and I know they are, but a lot of times they say that. But the reason Paul said it was better to speak, he said of himself, he'd rather speak five words in English than in an unknown tongue, and he was not teaching nor preaching against speaking in an unknown tongue since that is a gift of the Holy Ghost. And since he did it a lot, he had the gift of tongues, but he said so that the whole church would be edified and everybody listening would have a good understanding, would know what was being said in tongues. It was that they should be interpreted. They should be interpreted. So he was saying, pray that you may, if you're going to speak in tongues, pray that you can also interpret what you're spoken in tongues. And then Everybody, amen, everybody will be on the same page, okay? So we're looking at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and the chapter is full of advice and full of uh, knowledge concerning 
why Paul was dealing with the church. And for this very reason, the whole 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians is written. And he said the things that he said, and we'll get to it later on, like let your women be silent in church. A lot of things were said simply because he was setting the church in order. Why would he have a need to do that, to set the church in order? That's why he said all things are to be done, what? Decent and in order. First uh, Corinthians 14, 4 and 5, he's talking about things being done, done the correct way, where a lot of confusion, where no confusion preferably uh, comes forth. And they were dealing with a lot of confusion because the heathens, there were people that weren't baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were coming into the services. They were uh, running off at the mouth, you know, Satan will do a counterfeit in a minute of what the Lord have. You know, say, uh, Jesus, we got prophets. The enemy has false prophets, okay? We have tongues of the Holy Ghost, and you got tongues of the devil. Everybody's speaking in tongues or in an unknown tongue. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're speaking as prompted by the Holy Ghost. So the church there was dealing with a lot of confusion because a lot of heathens were coming in, as they called them then, heathens or non-believers or whatever, and they were speaking in gibberish that wasn't making any sense. And then the people in the church felt like actually the tongues was the uh, – best thing that tongues were the best gift and a lot of them were speaking in tongues in an unknown tongue and doing so without interpreting the tongue and it was disrupting the service so Paul had to set everything straight he had to set it in order and that's why he wrote these uh scriptures that we're dealing with on today now in verses four uh verse chapter 14 verses 6 through 11 in verse 16 and verse 23, Paul is giving the church most of their, uh, you see where the confusion was coming forth and most of their meetings were filled with confusion and they were given over to speaking in tongues. And also from verse 26 to 27, we see that there were many tongues and many interpretations and they were being done out of order. And a lot of what Paul said was simply to set things in order, as I said in the service. So he uh put restrictions and guidelines upon tongue speaking in the service. And this was by the Holy Spirit so that there would be order. Glory to God. And one not trying to be heard over the other. After all, Paul gave thanks to the Lord in verses 18 and 19 that he spoke in tongues more than they did. But he said this, I'd rather speak five words in English than in tongues so that your understanding, so their understanding would be complete. So this shows that he was setting everything in order and um, and he wanted understanding. I mean, unless you know how to do something. Let me use this as an example. Everybody know what a gun is. And here next month, uh, I guess the first or the eighth or something like that, you can go and buy a gun if you're 21. You don't have to have it registered. You don't, you don't have to go through all the formalities that you now have to go through. You can go and get a gun. Okay, you got a gun. Well, if you don't know how to take the safety off, if you don't know how to use it, what good will the gun do you? None at all. So Paul was letting them know that they were using speaking in an unknown tongue uh, without knowledge and improperly so, and all it was bringing about was confusion, okay? So that is why he said that pray to interpret. If you pray to interpret tongues, to interpret the tongue, then you can bring clarity to the church. You can bring clarity. Paul said that uh, in verse 5, 
prophecy is greater than tongues, except the, you get the interpretation, okay? Except the one speaking interprets it. So if tongues are interpreted, they're equal to prophecy. It edifies the church. Tongues edify the speaker, okay? You're speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, okay? You're speaking in tongues, it edify you. But the church is left null and void. Anybody listening, they don't have an understanding of it. That's why he used the examples of the music. If the trumpet doesn't send a clear sound, if the harp doesn't send a distinct, clear sound, you know, like that, it all garbled, all garbled. All it's going to sound like is a bunch of noise. So if someone come in off the street or you have visitors that are non-believers and everybody in church is speaking in tongues, how much are they going to get out of the service? They aren't going to have any edification. They aren't going to have any clarity. Their understanding will still be null and void. And they'll look at the church or look at the people, you know, like they're crazy. We didn't get anything out of it. We didn't even know what they were saying. They were, I said they were speaking in some kind of language, but we don't know. So Paul said, if you're speaking in tongues, then pray to interpret. Pray to interpret the unknown tongue so that everybody will be able to understand the message that's behind it. Because, sure, anyone speaking in, in an unknown tongue by the Holy Ghost, you're speaking to God, and you're edifying yourself. Your, your conversation is with God. It is not with man, nor is it for man, except there be an interpretation of it, okay? So he said in verses 12 and 13, pray to interpret. If you're going to speak in tongues in the service, pray to interpret like we see uh, Prophetess Motley do, like we see uh, Minister Michael Carr Jr., like we see him do. They deal with prophecy, and a lot of times they will speak in tongues, and uh, after that, they'll bring a word behind it. They'll give a message to the church, or they'll go to an individual and whisper in their ear whatever the nature of the message is from the Lord. Sometimes it may be for a certain person, and they'll say, Brother Boo Boo, will you stand up, please? The Lord said, okay, then they give it like that. Sometimes it may be to the church, da-da-da-da-da, they're speaking in tongues, and then, then they'll say, thus says the Lord, or the Lord said, the church has been through a storm, but you're coming out of it, and you're going to be better for it, for I'm going to take you to the next level. Okay, that's a clear message is to the church. It's encouraging and it gives edification. It also gives comfort, and that's from the Lord. Glory to God. And sometimes they may da-da-da-da, speak in tongues, and then if the message is very, very private, they'll go to the person to where they're sitting, and they'll speak the message in that person's ear, but it's directly from the Lord so that they'll have clarity no one is left null and void. So Paul directed them to desire the gift of prophecy due to the fact that speaking in tongues uh, doesn't bring edification except it's interpreted. Now, what does it do if you pray for the Holy Spirit to give you the gift of interpreting un uh, unknown tongues? Where does that put you then? It puts you on the same level as one who prophesies. Why? Because now understanding is complete and you're giving them a message from the Lord, same as the prophet is doing. And they understand what you're talking about and you understand what you're talking about. So we thank and we praise God for that. It's all good. It's all good. Indeed, Paul was bringing what? Order. He was speaking order to the church, okay? So that everything to be done decent and in order. Glory to God. 
He says uh, in 14 and 6, Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine, okay? So he's saying, I'm not doing you any good coming to you, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. What I look like saying, hey, hey, Kiko, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, after she say, hey, 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 pastor, well, da 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 Well, she may stand there and nod her head and look unless she has the gift of interpreting tongues. But other than that, after the da-da-da, I need to tell her what the Lord said so that her understanding will be complete, glory to God. Otherwise, this is what Paul's saying, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation. I may have a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. I may speak to you of like that or by prophesying i may give you a word of prophecy or by doctrine it could be something amen that's in according to the word of god or that's even if you breach some doctrine in the doctrinal era pertaining to the church but either way your understanding will be complete so this is what the apostle paul is wanting sign tongues are a sign as we learned last week tongues are a sign for unbelievers okay that's for unbelievers, glory to God. Sometimes when we're praying, when we're praying and we're praying in English, then a lot of times the Holy Spirit, you become overpowered with the Holy Spirit and you will start speaking in tongues. Well, then the other person that's there also that's praying, then they'll start praying in English. And then vice versa, if they're overtaken and start speaking in tongues, then the other person will start praying in English so that whoever is being prayed for, they won't be distracted by hearing you praying, Lord, we're praying that you will heal uh, heal their leg, heal, heal their arm, praying, that Lord, that you will bless them, Lord, that you will keep them. They understand that. Then all of a sudden, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, then whoever your prayer partner is, they'll continue praying in English until, and if they're overtaken and speaking in tongues, then the next person will. And that way the person isn't distracted trying to figure out what you're praying. Because if you're praying for somebody and you're all in tongues like that, they don't know what you're saying. They don't understand it. So it's best, glory to God, it's best, amen, to use English. Paul said, I wish I'd rather speak five words, you know, in plain English than thousands of words in an unknown tongue. Because he said, I'm only edifying myself. It isn't doing you any good. So the people in the church had a lot of confusion going on because everybody was speaking in tongues and they didn't have any interpretation. They had no interpretation, okay? So he wanted them to do things, as I said, uh, decent and in order. And he said, and he's an apostle. Remember, it doesn't matter what your rank is. Decent and in order is decent and in order. It doesn't matter if he's an apostle or a lay member or what. It's the same thing. If you're speaking in an unknown tongue and no one is there with the gift uh, of interpretations and you don't interpret, then it's best to speak what you understand coming from the Lord in English, in English, than to go on and on in tongues because that's only edifying you and it is not edifying me, nor do I understand it. So no good's coming of it and I'm not profiting from it. At all, it's right there. It's all about you. Why? Because when men speak in an unknown tongue, they speak to God. The person speaking in an unknown tongue is speaking to God. The person prophesying, when they're prophesying, then they're speaking to the congregation or to the person with a message from God. But they can understand it because it's all in what? Perfect English, okay? All in perfect English. And that's why the 
like I said, verse four, uh, verse seven and eight is talking about different musical instruments producing an uncertain sound. So you don't know what to do because it isn't sharp. It doesn't let you know what to do. You know, when they sounded the trumpet for battle, then there were certain blows that they that they did. It may be one long blast, or it could be some broken blasts. You know, short but three short blasts, three medium blasts, whatever signal the battle. You couldn't be long like that. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know what to do. They wouldn't know to prepare themselves for battles. There had to be a distinct sound made from the instruments being played for the purpose that they were being, being played for. So that way, glory to God, you could understand it. You can't just get up there. Everybody can't play a keyboard. He used the example of a harp. Everybody can't play the keyboard. Okay, somebody skilled on the keyboard, you can really enjoy their playing. But if somebody can't play, they wish to play and get up there and just boom, 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 playing a bunch of C's and D's and F's and sharps and flats, they're just making noise. They're just making noise. You can't sing a song to it because there's no tune. I mean, Jesus is love. If it's been played on the keyboard, it should sound like Jesus is love and not, and not, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> no distinct sound, no distinct chords, just noise, just a bunch of jumbo keys. So he's saying, let it be clear. He says, so likewise. Verse 9, so likewise you, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. So to speak in tongues and for no one to interpret would be of no use to the winning of souls at all. Speaking in tongues in public should never be done without an interpreter, without an interpreter. Your public tongues. Now, your private tongues, you praising and you're worshiping. Okay, that's something else. That's that's tongue three and four. But tongue one and two, uh, for unbelievers, that's a witness for them. And the next public tongue, what did we say? In church, the one we're talking about now, should have an interpretation. It should have an interpretation. You should interpret and understand what you're saying so that you can bring clarity or someone else with the gift of interpretation of tongues should do so so everybody uh Everybody's understanding will be complete, okay? And that's where this instruction comes in. 14 and verse 13 says, Wherefore, let him that speak in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Pray that he may interpret. And isn't it wonderful, glory to God, that you can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the gift of the interpretation of tongues? Isn't it wonderful that you can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the gift of discernment? or to give you the gift of prophecy, glory to God, or to give you the gift of, of healing, of working miracles. I mean, think about it. How often or how many times have you prayed and asked for a certain gift? Has anyone done that? Now you know that you can. If you could pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you the gift of interpretation of tongues, there are nine other gifts you could pray and ask him for. And everybody certainly needs to, as uh, for the gift of discernment, discernment of spirits. I mean, we all need that. We need them all. But if you don't have a gift or if you don't know what your gift is, seek the Lord, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your gift to you so that you can study on it, so that you can grow in it. 
and bring edification. The gifts are for the church. The gifts are for the people. The gifts are for building the body of Christ. Glory to God. They are for us. They are for us. There we are equipped with them to benefit the kingdom of God. To benefit the kingdom of God. So that's what that's what you want to do, okay? Uh, the 18th verse says, I thank God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Glory to God. So this is where he was saying he was thankful that he spoke with tongues more than anyone. But at that point uh, in time, he'd rather speak, you know, five words in English than, than to continue to speak a lot in tongues so that everyone... So that everyone in the church would have clarity, okay? So let's pray and let's seek the Lord, glory to God, and make sure, <laughs> and make sure, glory to God, that if you're speaking in tongues, pray for the interpretation of the unknown tongue. It isn't a learned tongue. We know it isn't something that you went to college to uh, to learn as you would take a, a foreign language like Spanish or French or Swahili or something like that. It isn't that. This strictly comes from heaven. Glory to God. It comes from heaven. It comes from God. It's one of the uh, major weapons of our warfare, the gifts of the Holy Ghost, so that we be fully equipped, fully equipped and lacking nothing. So that's why Paul was saying the things that he said concerning speaking in an unknown tongue in 1 Corinthians chapter of chapter 14, you notice also that he said also another thing to where is uh, in verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. This will give you a clear understanding to anyone who's looking for understanding to know that the things that Paul said in this chapter, they were to cut out confusion, to cut out confusion, okay? Verse 34 says, let your women keep silent in the church, in the churches, for it's not permitted unto them to speak, but that they are commanded to be under obedience, as also says the law. 35, and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. Okay, you find a lot of um, error from other believers concerning these two verses here. But yet and still, we see the reason that he's saying these things is to bring order in the church. Why would he say that? Let your women be silent. And if they want to know anything, go to at, learn, learn. And he said, let them learn at home. All right. Let them learn at home. Why? Because they were trying to gain understanding. Back then, the women didn't go uh, uh, to the temple to learn as the men did. The men were taught from the law. And then what the men being the head of the house did, they went home and they taught the wives and the rest of the family what they learned. Glory to God, what the rabbis what the rabbis had taught them. But the church was divided. Women didn't sit with their husbands then. Back then they sat women on one side, men on the other. They were in a different place. Now, if you're preaching and you're bringing the word, the men understand what the preacher is saying. But the women didn't. If there was a place there they didn't understand, they up getting their husband's attention across the aisle from them. What's he talking about? What that mean? Imagine the confusion. Imagine the disruption that there was uh, during that time. So Paul is saying if they need to learn, 
what the scripture mean or that scripture mean, let them wait until they get home and ask you what, ask their husband what the preacher was talking about, what the rabbi, rabbi was talking about in the law of Moses. Don't let them disrupt the service trying to get an understanding and trying to learn while church is going on. Once again, that's a place of confusion. He was setting it straight and getting it straight. I mean, after all, who would take that and make a ballpark message out of it? Let your women be silent and ask their husband home. Look, this day and time, you blessed if your husband saved and in church and you can ask him anything about God. So that 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 wasn't a thing for anybody to take and to run with because everybody's husband is not saved. So what do you look like going home and asking your husband what the preacher was talking about? He isn't saved, not trying to be saved, and doesn't even read the Bible, doesn't even go to church. I mean, man, come on. All it takes is a little common sense. I mean, common sense, it ain't rocket science. Okay? So this is what he was doing. He was stopping confusion once again. He had addressed uh, speaking in tongues without uh, the gift of interpreting tongues, uh, interpreting an unknown tongue, speaking in an unknown tongue and without interpretation of an unknown tongue. He addressed this. He addressed this because that's also a gift readily given by the Holy Ghost. Now, that order is straight. He goes on to the next problematic, problematic problem. Okay. He goes on to the next problem in the church. Problematic, problematic. I'm trying to say problematic, and my uh, mouth is so dry it won't even come out. But so very well, he goes on to the next problem in the church, which is uh, another source of confusion, which the women trying to gain understanding and learn what the rabbi is saying before church is dismissed and in a better place to do it, he's saying, is at home. Once you get home, you can talk about it all you want to. You won't be, dis won't be disrupting the service. So that's why the Apostle Paul said that, okay? So once again, he says, if they will learn anything, okay, let the master husbands at home, for it's a shame for a woman to speak in the church. What came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done. Here it is. This is the bottom line. Let all things be done decently and in order. Okay. That's the bottom line. Glory to God. That's what this whole, the other 39 verses are about. That things be done decently and in order in the house, in the house of God. So, uh, so covet to prophesy. Okay. And forbid not to speak in tongues. So all the gifts are good. All the gifts are given by the Holy Ghost. And Paul is saying covet. I mean, if you have a desire, then desire to prophesy. Why? We already know now. Why did he say that? Because prophecy is superior to speaking in an unknown tongue unless you have the uh, gift to interpret an unknown tongue. If you do, then that puts you side by side with prophecy because he that prophesies edifies the church and not himself. The message is plain. He that speaks in tongue edify in an unknown tongue edifies himself unless he pray and he can interpret the tongue. Then he also, as the prophecy, as the one that prophesies, he also edifies the church. And understanding is complete, and there is no confusion. So that's what this is all about. Uh, Forty verses of First Corinthians chapter fourteen, and that's the study: speaking in an unknown tongue. 
It is not forbidden. It is a gift of the Holy Ghost. Just pray for the for his mother gift or brother gift to interpret the unknown tongue. Or else, glory to God, or, or else, keep it to yourself. Okay? Keep it to yourself if you can't uh, understand what you're saying. And there isn't an interpreter around. Then it's best to say what you do understand in English. So God bless you. I hope that wasn't too scrambled or too confusing, you know, too confusing to you. Now you're going to say, okay, well, what about when we're worshiping? When you're worshiping, uh, when you are worshiping and you're singing and you're praising the Lord, then praise and worship service, then yes, a lot of times uh, you're in the third tongue or the fourth tongue. You're simply praising, praying, and worshiping the Lord. And if there is a message given, then that would be given. But yes, certainly we do speak in tongues. We do uh, worship the Lord in our praise and worship service. Glory to God. But as far as giving a message, speaking in that language, then pray. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit for the gift of interpretation of, of an unknown tongue. That way, everything and everybody will benefit from it. Everything, everybody, guess I should everything, say everything, but everybody will uh, profit from it. And that will be pleasing to the Lord. Okay, I'm going to give me some water, y'all. Thank you for listening. And I hope I'm not too scrambled. If it's anything that you don't um, understand, if I confused you in any way on any of these verses, feel free to call me or text me the question, and I will get back to you and bring more clarity. God bless you. God keep you. And thank you for listening to and studying the gifts of the Holy Ghost as we get to know him better and better. And in doing so, we get closer and closer to God. God bless you. Y'all have a blessed rest of the week in Jesus. Amen. Amen.